Well, good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Maura Z and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, August 1st, and we are on page 89, third paragraph, starting with perhaps you. I'm going to read through two paragraphs, ending on the top of page 90, with they are dealing with a sick person. Today's readers are 12 Steps, Jackie M., 12 Traditions, Nadia B., and readers of the text, Susan H., Lisa B., and Melissa C. Our newcomer greeter is Deborah S., and the host for the second hour is Craig F. Important numbers for yesterday. The 7 a.m. share ID is 11,724. That's 11724. And yesterday's 10 a.m. share ID, 11,726. 11726. Always preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And Jackie M., would you please read OA's 12 steps? Hi, good morning. This is Jackie M., recovered in New York. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, Having had a spiritual awakening, 
As the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service, and I pass. Maura Z, star one, please. If not, Nadia B, would you please read the... I'm sorry, thank oh, sorry, you. I got Nadia B. Thank Nadia everyone. B, would you please read our 12 traditions? Will do, Maura. Thank you so much for your service. Nadia B, grateful, recovered, compulsive reader in Connecticut. The 12 traditions of readers, anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscious. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought to never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. These problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought to never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought to never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of um, communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, Pat. Thank you, Nadia B., for your service. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. And I will give a general reminder. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requires is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass and then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the person speaking should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book. We're on page 89. We're going to start with the third paragraph, which starts, perhaps you are not acquainted. 
reading through two paragraphs and ending at the top of page 90 with dealing with a sick person. And would, um, excuse me, would Susan H. please get us started this morning? Thanks, Mama. This is Susan H. I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Ohio and very grateful. <clears throat> Perhaps you are not acquainted with any drinkers who want to recover. You can easily find some by asking a few doctors, ministers, priests, or hospitals. They will be only too glad to assist you. Don't start out as an evangelist or reformer. Unfortunately, a lot of prejudice, exi prejudice exists. You will be handicapped if you arouse it. Ministers and doctors are competent, and you can learn much from them if you wish. But it happens that because of your own drinking experience, you can be uniquely useful to other alcoholics. So cooperate, never criticize. To be helpful is our only aim. When you discover a prospect for Alcoholics Anonymous, find out all you can about him. If he does not want to stop drinking, don't waste time trying to persuade him. You may spoil a later opportunity. This advice is given for his family also. They should be patient, realizing they're dealing with a sick person. Um, this was a good two paragraphs for me to read. Uh, strikes me as some don't go there directions to start with, the being an evangelist or a reformer, arousing prejudice, and, and that will not help the case. You may, yeah, learn much from the ministers and doctors, but keep in mind your own experience brings the depth and weight to help help people who still suffer. I had an opportunity to share some depth and weight at a meeting. A newcomer was asking questions and mentioned I was thin. <laughs> at first, the shock, me thin? Um, yeah, and I recall times when my own mind would shut, snap shut over um, skinny people telling me how it's done. <laughs> I'm still becoming accustomed to my right-sized body. Um, I pulled out my before pick when she described a binge. I said, truthfully, you can't shock me with stories of binging. I've done, I've done plenty of time in the food. But the second paragraph um, really speaks to me. It is one I need to read and reread. Highlighted is, if he does not want to stop drinking, don't waste time trying to persuade him. Um, has been my uh, experience with sponsees that I do a lot of that trying to persuade. And uh, as it says in the book, it does not work. Um, patience and realizing they, that for his family and for us, that realize we are dealing with a sick person, but we cannot make someone ready to recover. Only their own desperation can make them ready. And uh, I need to read and reread this paragraph. I don't want to waste uh, or spoil a later opportunity for that person. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Susan H., for your service. And if you would like to share on these two paragraphs, if you would Press star one and give me your first name, last initial, one time, and I'll repeat it back. 
else would like to share? Matt M. Jan S. Melissa Matt M. Jan S. Melissa C. Cindy P. I'm sorry. Say again. Lisa B. Lisa B. Reva P. Reva P. Cindy T. Okay, well, let's go. Cindy T. Let's go with that group then. I have Matt M. Jan S. Melissa C. Lisa B. Reva P. And Cindy T. Matt M., please go ahead. Thank you, Maura, for your service. Matt M. at the Corporation from Jersey. Uh, yesterday, um, I had uh, a prospect um, for 12-stepping. Even though I'm not recovered yet, there was a woman who was um, one of the workers where I go to my day program, and uh, she, saw, she saw how different I was already. She said, Matt, you look so calm lately. What, you look changed. Something's different about you. I don't know what it is. And uh, she pulled me aside, and she started talking about um, her thyroid and how she has weight issues and stuff like this and that. I said, she asked me, she come out, she asked me, what, is, what are you doing? What is changing for you? What is working for you? And um, I was just honest about it. I just told her straight out, like, you know, I, I mentioned Overeaters Anonymous to her. I didn't preach. I didn't, like, I just told her why, why it's working for me now. And I just told her that um, if you want some information, I'd be more than happy to give it to you. And she said, yeah, she sounded very interested. But because the way I approached her, I didn't, like, you have to do this, you need to do this. I just talked to myself and told her what's working for me right now and why I feel like it's working for me. And she sounded very interested. And she said, thank you, Matt. I'm going to try this out. I'm going to look it up. So I gave her the Vision website. And I gave her the OA.org website, and she's going to check out some music. She's going to check out some information and get some information for herself. And all I did, all I did was I like, just talk about, um, you know, myself and what, 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 what I feel is changing for me in my life. And because uh, she's seen the change already, even though I'm not recovered yet. So it's like I didn't even notice there was a change. It's just people are seeing it already. So you never know what other people are going to see in you because I don't always see the change in myself. So it's kind of a miracle. I'm really grateful for that, and I feel much. I'm feeling much better about myself as the, as the days go along. I'm still irritable because I'm just put the food down. My irritability lives up a little bit. So every time that comes up, I always make a phone call or I say a prayer on the side, or um, I do try to do something to help others to get out of my own head and get out of myself. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. Jan S., you're next, followed by Melissa C. Good morning. This is Jan S., Recovering Compulsive Reader in St. Augustine, Florida. Thank you for your service, and good morning to everyone on the line. Thank you. Thank you for your presence and your recovery. Um, well, you know, for me, working with others is crucial to my recovery process, of course. You know, I can't keep it unless I give it away, and sharing what has been so generously given to me over the years is a blessing. You know, it's an absolute blessing. Working the steps with the people that I sponsor, every time I work them with them, I learn more. I learn more from them lots of times than I think they learn from me. But the bottom line is, is um, uh, I saw it in the beginning, you know, when I first came to program a very long time ago that, you know, 
um, I was going to save these people, you know, and uh, I wasn't, you know, that was, you know, my ego thinking that I was going to be this, this was going to be it, you know, and I was going to be able to help them. But what I've learned over the years is, is that I, I can't, um, I can't help people who don't want the help. Um, If they want the program, they're going to be willing to listen to what I do and how I work it if they want what I have. And if they don't want the program, there is nothing I'm going to say that's that's going to um, go in and make these people do it. So I understand that today. I've learned that there are important questions to ask people in the beginning when they accept being sponsored that are important and, you know, finding out what their commitment and their willingness is to begin with, how desperate they are. But the bottom line for me is continuing to be willing to spread the word, to be willing to say, hey, you know, um, this is what I do. I'm recovered through the 12-step recovery program of Overeaters Anonymous. And you know what? When I first came in in 19... 78, I wasn't ready, but I heard about OA from somebody, and I had to go out and try some more eating, and, you know, four years later, I came back, and I never left again, and that was in 1982, but you know what? It took me a long time even then to get it, but if I hadn't heard it from somebody the first time, I would have never known about OA when I was finally desperate to come back the second time. So sharing and being honest about, you know, because people say, oh, Jan, you got the greatest willpower. I'm like, I have a no willpower. That's why I don't eat for certain foods, you know. I said, uh, uh, you know, I'm allergic to those foods. I can't eat them. So I'm grateful that I'm, you know, willing to be truthful about. A reminder. Thank you. About my recovery and, you know, being able to work my program. So amen and have a blessed day. Bye now. Thank you. Thank you, Jan S. Melissa C., it's your turn, followed by Lisa B. Hi. Good morning. It's Melissa C., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in New York. Thank you for your service, Maura. Um, you know, so I'm really very well acquainted with compulsive overeaters who want to recover. And I, I think, like, we're really lucky. Um, I, I don't have to look very hard. You know, I have um, I have this meeting. <laughs> And yesterday, um, you know, a few of our fellows mentioned our face-to-face meetings and how it's our obligation to go to those meetings where there's members, um, they're right there in front of me. They are suffering and dying, and it's my obligation to go there and carry the message, but I can't go there um, with frothy emotional appeal, you know. And, And sometimes it's hard not to be overly enthusiastic because, it's like, I found the answer, I found the answer, you know, and I'm excited by it. Um, but I'm being told that's not effective. And so when I go there, I'm not to criticize, and I'm not to tell the people at these meetings that they're doing this recovery thing wrong. You know, um, I don't start out as an evangelist, like looking to convert or preach to them that they have to do it my way, or a reformer, you know, making changes to improve. And because this type of approach, it turns people off, and then I can't be helpful, you know. And then there, there is a prejudice at, at some of the meetings I've gone to. 
And I've seen it when um, when I say the word recovered. You know, some people they don't like it, and it can it can sound controversial to them. And you know, so recently I was at a meeting and I was I felt aggravated, you know, um, by the speaker, you know, and who, in my opinion, wasn't carrying the message, wasn't talking about recovery or OA or anything that to me sounded OA related. And my initial reaction was I want to I want to call a business meeting and I want the format tightened up and I want it changed and and I want to come in like the gangbusters and if I come back to a meeting with that attitude of reform first of all I'm going to hurt the person who shared and then I won't be helpful to her and and it'll sound critical and and it'll ostracize other people so you know so what can I do um for starters live recovered Stay recovered and use my own experience to be uniquely useful. That's the message that I have. If I don't like the quality of shares, then share, then offer. You know, be helpful. Keep going to the meetings that annoy me. Um, share my experience, strength, and hope. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. Lisa B., it's your turn, followed by Reva P. Well, good morning, Maura. Thank you for your service. My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. And I wanted to share my experience and the feelings that I had uh, when I was a new person to this phone meeting, A Vision for You. Um, I came in with a lot of baggage of mother issues and also sister issues, uh, very combative, difficult relationships with other women. So all of a sudden I was getting all these calls from women welcoming me, which I'm so grateful for. And But, you know, I was really um, on guard and alert, and I definitely did not want a strong, domineering person uh, to offer to be my sponsor. And I was so afraid of that. You know, I, I felt like I was a little bit more comfortable with men, but I did not want to work with a man. Um, I wanted to work with a woman and really experience the transformation that was promised to me in this program. And I, um, I received about maybe 25 phone calls, and I was really overwhelmed. And one of those phone calls did come from a person in whom the problem has been solved that eventually became my, my big book guide. And I'll share with you my experience of, of, of experiencing a phone call with her. Um, she was warm. She was welcoming. And she allowed space in the phone call for me to express how I was feeling, that I was feeling really overwhelmed with all the calls. And she just wanted to be helpful. And she was kind. And she gently um, started to express her experience of being a real compulsive overeater. And I felt immediately drawn in. I heard a freedom a confidence, a happiness, a joy, but yet I also heard a real understanding. She was armed with the facts about herself. And I didn't want to get off the phone with her, but yet I was tired and I was worn out because of all the calls. And I said, could I call you back? And she said, you call me whenever you like. And I started texting her and communicating with her, and she slowly introduced me to special editions. And um, it was really like letting me determine where I wanted to go in the conversation. And some of the other calls, while they were warm and welcoming, they were controlling and like, well, you need to do this. You know, it was just like, oh, my gosh, you know, that radar. I can sniff out BS really well, and I can also sniff out 
controlling, domineering personalities really well, and I just go, oh, I don't want that, you know. And um, I'm just so grateful that I did get the person I get, and all she ever did was share her own experience. And you know what? I am also really grateful for the anonymity of this program of not being able to see people, because when I went into my very first OA meeting, um, a face-to-face meeting in a thin body, I felt rejected and um, I felt hostility from the the women in that room. But, you know, that could have been in my mind, too, because I a sick, unrecovered person that I've been. Um, I don't always see things clearly. But I wanted to just share that. If it helps another, I pass. Thank you, Lisa B. Reva P., it's your turn, followed by Cindy T., Good morning. This is Rita P., Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Toronto. The first paragraph reminds me that the whole purpose of this 12-step program is for me to become uh, able to be of maximum service, it says, to God and to the people about us. And, um, you know, this business about being uniquely useful, why were the people that I met at my first meeting uniquely useful because they had been where I was um, and they weren't there anymore. And they were dealing with things that I was dealing with and they weren't doing a face plant and food to escape and to numb out. And that is very attractive. Um, And I love this business of um, that my only aim and purpose is to be helpful. And you know, Without this program, without working the steps, and there's a reason that this comes in at the end at step 12, because I don't know how to be helpful. I don't know how to be useful. Left to my self-will, the way I will be useful is the way I think, I think you should be helped. Um, and that usually doesn't work really well. Um, and by working the steps, all the steps, before I get to step 12, you know, I get a, um, a um, access, an access and an awareness of what God would have me be and do. And it's a real, it's a much um, deeper kind of thing about being helpful and having tolerance and patience and kindness um, and how this particular person who God is bringing me to needs to be helped And, you know, sometimes people help me just by showing up consistently at meetings, and I find that helpful. Sometimes I'm helped by just looking at somebody's power of example, and sometimes it's uh, sharing uh, step 10, um, step work, whatever. Like, you know, there are so many ways um, in addition to sponsoring that we can be helpful, and I need to keep asking, how would you have me be helpful to this person? And quickly in the second paragraph, Um, It reminds me, you know, about wanting to stop drinking. There's a difference between wanting to lose weight and wanting to be recovered, um, and that makes a huge difference in terms of um, somebody's ability and willingness to work the program. And then the fact that I am a sick person getting well, um, it was really hard to change that thought. You know, I'm bad and I want to be good. I used to have bad days and good days, but we are sick people getting well with that ICOS. Thank you, Reva P. Cindy T., it is your turn. Good morning. I'm Cindy T., recovering compulsive 
Overeater from Virginia. Um, I'm new to Visions for You, but old at OA. Um, I This paragraph is very close to my heart because I have a daughter that is very, very overweight. And um, when I started OA, um, I remember when I made some of my amends and one of them was to my daughter to say that I knew that I had taught her how to use food incorrectly and um, offered at that time that if she ever wanted help, um, I was there. Um, but she shut the door and um, of course it breaks your heart. You want to help someone that you love, that you see so deeply um, in the food. But I'm so grateful for this program, and I really love that I read this this morning yet again um, because I have other family members um, who have seen um, my recovery, um, which is not complete by any means, but um, they want me, of course, to really bother my daughter about her weight and her eating. Um, And so I'm able to just you know, tell them that it's not the right thing for me to do and that what I do is I try to live by example and I uh, pray for her all the time. But I'm super grateful for a vision for you. It's really been a shot in my arm because I came off a relapse um, and it's just been a great thing to hear all of you sharing such positive um, things about recovery And I'm so grateful. Thank you for everyone's service. And I pass. Thank you, Cindy G. So if we are, if you have just joined us recently, we are on page 89. We're starting with the third paragraph. Perhaps you are not acquainted. We read through two paragraphs ending at the top of page 90 with dealing with a sick person. And by giving me your first name and first initial of your last name, who would like to share? Leah. Well, Lisa J.R. Leah. Jill B. Duel. Come on before Jill. Duel. Duel. And was there Jill? Nancy P. Abby A. Somebody J.R. Lisa J.R. Thank you, moderator. Lisa J.R. Nancy P. Nancy P. There was a, I think, a gentleman. Abby A. Say again, please. Abby A B B Y. It's a female. A. A. Abby A. Thank you. Okay, let's go with that. I've got Leah D. Do L. Lisa J R. Nancy P. And Abby A. Leah D. Please go ahead. I'm really sorry. Yeah, my name is Leah S. And I'm the oh, one who, yeah. my apologies. No, that's okay. Thank you so much. Um, I do not have a timer, so okay. My name is Leah S. And I'm a very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. To be helpful is our only aim. So we are up to um, step 12. And in step 12, we go out and we tell others about what we have gone through. 
And that step it, um, started giving me the chills. It started, um, uh, yeah, I started becoming petrified. Who am I going out there? Who, who would I know? What do I do? How do I say? What do I... In order to maintain, in order to keep what the miraculous things that I have gone through in these steps eight and nine, in these steps four, finding out about Leah. Who is Leah? What is Leah? I want to keep that. It's not about the weight anymore. My goodness, it's all about maintaining it and holding on to that tranquility that I did not have. Oh, my goodness, how am I going out there? To be helpful is my only aim. So when I get onto the phone with another person, um, I need to have empathy. I need to to allow allow the other person um, to hear what the other person is really seeking. And yes, I am not a therapist. I am not a, what's it called? All I can tell you is that certain things led me to overeat. And those things are no longer happening. It's not, it's not happening. I'm not overeating. And I am at peace. I am confident with whatever solution there is and whatever comes up with it, it, it is amazing, and, and that is what has led me to continue doing my 12-step. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Leah S. Do L, it's your turn, followed by Lisa J.R. Good morning. This is Do L, um, Recover Compulsible Reader. Uh, I love this chapter. It's working with others, not fighting with others. And, um, you know, in this chapter, I, I learned a very valuable lesson. I cannot run ahead of the steps because uh, I will get into trouble. And I remember um, you hear all sorts of things. You you could sponsor when you're at step nine. You could sponsor when you're at step 10. You could sponsor when you're at step 11. And people go ahead and they make the mistake of, not going through this chapter, working with others. And this specific chapter is there for a reason. And and the reason why it's 12 steps and not 11 steps or 9 steps or 10 steps is because it's imperative that we go through this chapter before we work with others. Because um, it tells you the do's and don'ts of sponsorship. And I remember running ahead of my sponsor and going through sponsoring without going through this chapter. I had a lot of questions and I made a lot of mistakes and um, came back to my sponsor and said, you know, I'm, I'm making a lot of mistakes. And she says, well, you know, maybe next time you'll just listen and follow directions and go through the chapter before sponsoring someone. And, um, and then you'll find the directions there of how to properly sponsor. And that was a big lesson for me because um, I made a lot of mistakes. I hurt a lot of people, and I was not helpful. And um, when I went through this chapter with my sponsor, and I followed the directions of how to sponsor properly, I was more successful. Successful in the sense where I 
knew the ins and outs of um, the uh, spots where, you know, where it says here, uh, for example, on page 90, um, you know, if, uh, you know, if you discover an alcoholic, um, you know, and he doesn't want to stop drinking, don't waste your time trying to persuade him. That's one of the things that I was always trying to persuade people to stay in program. I was trying to be helpful without following this particular direction. And now that I follow that direction, you know what? I'm better off for it. And and the person is better off, off for it because they, they get ready. The disease of compulsive overeating persuades them and to a state of reasonableness. I'm not going to do that. I'm not the, their higher power. You know, I can't do that. But, you know, the big book gives us directions to follow in a unique way so that we can be successful for myself and for others. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Do L. Lisa J.R., it's your turn, followed by Nancy P. Good morning, everybody, and thank you, moderator, and everybody um, who put this meeting on. Lisa J.R., gratefully recovered in Baltimore, Maryland. Um, to be uniquely qualified, wow. When I um, first started this journey, um, you know, my sponsor was wise enough to pretty much tell me that, you know, get tied on because, you know, when we get into Doc's opinion, we're going to be, you're going to be learning how to sponsor. So take notes, you know, this is sponsorship training at the same time getting recovered. Um, and then, you know, the onus was off me when I got to working with others because, you know, the it's on the big book. I, um, I have to do my part, hold the lantern, as uh, one of our fellows says, over the text, and the text speaks for itself. But then I'd, I'd listen to these special editions, and I'd recommend them to people, and I'd, I'd think, geez, you know, how am I ever going to – you know, you start that, that old saying, compare despair. Um, you know, it, when I would have that just fleeting second of thinking, how in the heck am I ever going to say anything um, that's going to have any depth and weight when, in, in light of these, these wonderful special editions and these Sunday talks and some of the real um, professors of this material that share frequently. And I, I have to kind of write notes, reminder notes to myself out of the big book when I get discouraged, you know, like page 15. And I, when I get somebody tries to push food on me, I you know, tell them about Dr. Bob. But, you know, in this case, I, I go to page 124 when it says, cling to the thought in God's hands. The dark path is the greatest possession you have. The key to life and happiness for others. With it, you can avert death and misery for them. So, you know, I, I got a job to do, and um, God's going to equip me. And just in closing, I'll say, you know, um, my past in working with others, used to, my past used to be like this sad, sordid autobiography, and now um, it's become a reference book to help me sponsor others and carry the message. And um, I'm so grateful, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Lisa J.R. Nancy P., it's your turn, followed by Abby A. Hi, this is Nancy P. from Boston. Can I be heard? Yes, thank you. Um, so, yeah, working with others. When, when I went through the steps with my um, sponsor, 
um, around step 10, you know, sort of between step 10 and 11 around those, we we talked three times a week. So around somewhere in there, she said that I should start, you know, sponsoring other people. So I put my name out there and lo and behold, I, you know, got a few people and um, I'm not still not very good at it, but, um, and I'm learning my way, you know, and um, so apologies to any sponsees that, um, that have had um, a bad experience. But anyways, um, what I try to do is um, I don't really work with others outside. People have asked me, I mean, I've lost a lot of weight. So people that I work with and such have asked me, you know, what are you doing? And I never say I joined Overeaters Anonymous. To those people, I just say I shut my mouth and I move my legs. And um, But when I call newcomers, which I do most days, I... Um, I try to make, I leave a lot of messages, so I try to make my message as attractive as possible. I say, you know, if you'd like to call me back, I'd love to talk to you and find out more about you. I don't say, I try not to say anything about what I, you know, who I am in in general. Um, And when I I do talk to the people, if they call me back or if I get a connection, I, um, I try to draw them in by telling them, you know, my deepest, you know, like the most horrible things about how I feel about being a compulsive overeater. I never talk about what I ate or any of that, but I talk about how humiliating it is to have to try to find, you know, do, do the things that I do or, or, or that I did, or I try to give them experiences. And I, and I say, do you understand? You must understand that. And they're like, oh, I absolutely do. And I think that, I think that people like to know that someone understands at that visceral level. And, um, I try to do it as, with as light a touch as I can, sometimes with humor, sometimes just commiserating, and all so that their minds don't slam shut. Because just because they came to vision, you know, picked up the phone or somehow stumbled in or, or were directed by somebody else doesn't mean that it's a, it's a done deal. And, um, you know, that, you know, this joy, the joy that I have in my life is very attractive today. Um, zealots are not attractive, so I'm not a zealot, I, but I do have joy in my life, and um, that is that's like attract. <clears throat> excuse me, is attractive. So, you know, I um, I'm just you know stumbling around like a sleepwalker in a dream, you know, and trying my best to make connections where I can, and um, working on my spiritual life um, so that I will be more effective as a messenger. Um, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Nancy P. Abby A., it's your turn. Abby, is it Abby? Abby A.? Yes, this is Abby A. a it's your turn. A composer over here. <clears throat> I'm so, so lame and slow sometimes. It's taken me like a year <laughs> probably to figure out what what time this meeting, meeting is at. I'm on the West Coast, so I guess it must start about four here. So at least I got, you know, a regular meeting, and I usually listen to the tapes every day. I like vision very much, and I think you guys sound very health, healthy compared to the other meetings I've been frequenting. And I'm getting some results, too, and I like the way you talk too and I don't know I missed exactly the chat the paragraphs you were in but where I've been coming from is they're talking about 
you know, the family of the alcoholic and, you know, sometimes you should wait till he goes on a spree and, you know, let him do this unless he's in dangerous physical condition, which I am. Uh, I don't deal with him when he's, you know, fat, fat drunk or says very drunk, over drunk. And um, if he wants to quit for good, he, he would go to extreme to do so. If he says yes, then his attention should be drawn to you, which I am drawn to you guys as a person who has recovered. And I hear the word recovered. And yes, I will say recovered, even though I don't, it's kind of scary. It's like letting go of your fingernails off the edge of a cliff, <laughs> kind of. Um, my food isn't always perfect. Like, I already ate something this morning because I've been eating less for some reason. And it's not, so it's not like, completely perfect all the time, 24-7. Hello? And I had um, carbs this morning, and now my stomach hurts. And I do go some days without carbs and stuff, but it's pretty good because of, um, I've been bobbling back and forth between 353 pounds to, 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 to 298. I was at 298 one day for about three minutes. And then it started going back up over 300. And I've been doing this now for like two and a half going on in December. It'll be three years with my doctor. And I'm supposed to be a candidate for surgery. And the surgery is never going to happen unless I, you know, drop the food. And I'm in chronic pain all the time and have been for four years. And I'm finally, I'm finally getting it. It takes a long time for some people. But I'm asking myself, do I really hate myself that much that I want to be in this kind of pain all the time? And anyway, it's it's really good that I go on. Thank you very much for letting me get on in person. And just know that I'm listening every morning to the tapes. My name's Abby A. My real name's Toby, but I go by the nickname of Abby. And I've been listening to you for months now. So here I am now. Hi. Thanks for letting me join. Abby, if you stay to the end of the meeting of the second hour, you'll be able to leave your name um, for outreach. And if you are a newcomer, hang on to the end of this hour, and you can leave your name and number then. Okay, thank okay. you. Okay, thank you. And it is now 7.46, so we still have some time for some shares. Who would like to share, please? Star 1. Well, Madeline on. Ross. Madeline, Russ, Lisa. Carmela G. Carmela G. I think that's probably all we'll have time for. Let me tell you who I got. I hope I got this right. Madeline, Russ M, Lisa, and Carmela G. Please give us your last initial when you share. Madeline, it's your turn, followed by Russ M. Thank you. This is Madeline R, recovered compulsive eater from Pennsylvania. And I'm so sorry I interrupted you. Um, I wanted to just take a moment to share here that I did a lot of wishing I had the abstinence of others, wishing I had the program of others, wishing I knew the big book inside and out like so many others. And then with a lot of help and guidance from sponsors through the years and going through the big book process step by step as we do on this meeting all the way from the beginning, 
um, I then did have a program and I did have some clean time and I wanted to give that away. And I did a lot of wishing people better. I did a lot of dragging them through, convincing them, you know, all those things I wasn't supposed to do. I, I wanted to give away what I had to people who didn't want it. And it was so important for me to look at that and look at that square in the face and remember the times when people let me do some more investigating if I needed to. Let me go if that's what was necessary till I could find the solution, a.k.a. so that I could find God in my life and recognize it's not me. So this convincing, you know, if it has to be I'm here if you need me, I'm certainly help, like willing to help you if you would like some help and, and just teach you what I've been taught. And then after that, there was anything else I could do. You know, it's up to the person to want to come back and do the work and answer the questions and do that, that you know, searching self-examination. And I can be a support, but I can't force anybody. I did too much of that. And it only hurt me. It only exhausted me. It only took my time away from me. And what was I doing? Maybe my food was good, but that was an abstinence for me. That wasn't letting go of my compulsive actions of caring for people, places, and things above myself for trying to play God in people's lives. So this, these particular paragraphs that we've been on, the helping others, reminds me what my responsibility and my role is. So I really thank you for allowing me to share today, and I have appreciated everybody else to share with that. I'll pass. Thank you, Madeline R. Russ M., it's your turn, followed by Lisa. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, my fellows. Russ Sam, Recover Compulsive Reader outside of Philly. So uh, we don't want to be evangelists, a zealot, a preacher, pressuring people. I mean, hey, man, that's who I am. That's how I do it. The, the next big thing, you know, I want to sell it to everyone. And with the program, you know, I had to take a step back. You know, I, I looked at when I first came in the program, before I was into this beautiful meeting and the study of the big book. Now I was doing the big book on my own and I was having a lot of peace and results and, you know, it was coming along. People would ask me, I said, Hey man, you really want to know? Do you want to know? Because it's not like a quick fix. This is something that we're, you know, we're working on ourselves and it scared people away. You know, I, I my intention is to help people, but I, I'm also excitable. You know, I, I come on strong. So I'm learning through this process that the best way a Russ can do it is really keep my mouth shut, treat people the way they need to be treated with respect, love, dignity, and honor. And then it'll happen because though, you know, like the previous speaker or the one before the last speaker said that they were, he was attracted to, to this. That's what I truly believe. I mean, I got to be prepared. I ask God to put the words on my tongue and then, you know, to, to on my tongue to be able to share with these with the with the prospect, but if I come on too strong, it's just like I was doing with life. It was just like I was doing with the food. I was being trying to be my higher power, you know. I was trying to control the situation. So you got I have to let it happen. I got I got too much energy, and that's prior to even drinking coffee. So you know, I'm, I'm a little crazy like that. Um, love you guys. Have a beautiful day. Thanks, thanks for this opportunity. Thank you, Russ M. Lisa, and would you give us your initial of your last name, please? Hi, yes, this is Lisa J. 
recovered in Michigan for this 24 hours. Thank you so much for your service and everyone for theirs. Um, thank God for all of our personalities in this program. And when we're working with others, like someone else said, not fighting with others and not promoting our our own program or our own advice, it's like I have to listen. I learn by listening from the beginning and still today. And it's important for me to listen to what someone is saying to find out what kind of help they need. And just because I can see something in their life, it doesn't mean I have to express that or reveal that. That's God's job. So all I can do is bring my experience, strength, and hope to the table. Some people benefit from that and some don't. And I can't reach everybody. I can't help everybody. And um, I'm not the savior. And so thank God we have all these different personalities because sometimes people can take a little bit from me, a little bit from you, a little bit from the next person, a little bit from a special edition, and it's all those things together that promote recovery in a healthy environment and um, in a balanced environment, in my opinion. And so when I have a sponsee, I definitely tell them, reach out to other people, call three recovered people and ask them your question because... It may be my experience, but that may not be the benefit for someone else, or they may take part of mine and someone else. So that's why this is a we program, um, putting God first, counting on him to speak through us, through our experience, strength, and hope, and then sharing that with others and keeps all of us healthy. And that's my humble opinion. So thank you for letting me share, and I'll pass. Thank you, Lisa J. Carmela, I underestimated time. You have two minutes. Carmela G., it's your turn. No problem, Maura. Thank you so much. Carmela G. from New York. Um, when I when I began program, I had such a passion. I wanted everybody in the world to have it. Everybody needed this. It was a wonderful program. I wanted to share it. And then I realized, no. Maximum service to God and our fellows, and that's step 12, and that is life for me today. And when I began sponsoring, I I made the mistake of not letting go of people who didn't want to do the work, and I let them pull me down, and I would begin having resentments, and I'd have to do my own 10 steps on it, and now I realize People can ask me to sponsor them. I give it to my higher power for 24 hours. I wait for a response, and then I share the book. I am a guide to the book solely. If they choose, after a few weeks of working, not to do the work, and they really are not committed, I don't drag them because to drag things take so much energy out of us. If we're dragging a suitcase, and for years I dragged 175 extra pounds around, that took my life out of me. That's not the purpose of program. The purpose is to let them be in the sunlight of the spirit. If they choose not to, it is their choice. So I let go and I say, maybe this is not the best time for you. Call me when you are ready. And that's all I have to share, and thank you for allowing me to share. Have a good day. Perfect timing. Thank you, Carmela G. And Carmela is our last share for the day. Thank you to everyone who shared. 
Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. Important number for today, today's share ID, 11,732-11732. And thank you to all 333 other members who joined me on the meeting today. Pretty impressive. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164. Lisa B., would you please take us out? Yes, good morning. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.